How's everything going in? How's everything going in France with the lockdown, COVID? Well, very complicated now. Bars and restaurants are closing at 10 o'clock, 10 p.m. In some cities, they are debating about closing completely the restaurants and bars, and this will create a big, you know, just increase the the crisis for the wine distribution because if there's no people to drink in the restaurants there's no no sales yeah true yeah it's a very difficult situation for everybody yeah very very hard you're getting the balance right between economic um survival and uh and actual survival italian wine podcast chin chin with italian wine people Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Warden. My guest today is Luis André Battistello. Luis, welcome. Thank you, Monty. Now, is it correct that you grew up in Brazil? Yes, it's correct. Well, uh, first of all, I would like to, to thank you for the invitation and say that is a is a big honor to be part of your podcast. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I follow all the episodes and I listen quite often whenever I can. Yes, I grew up in the south of Brazil. I was born in Rio Grande do Sul, which is the, the wine the wine region in Brazil. And then I grew up in the three states in the south of Brazil. So how did you end up in, uh, how do you end up where you are now? You're in Paris, yeah? Yes, I'm in Paris. Okay, so how did you get from Brazil to Paris and why? Well, um, I, I always like to travel, you know, and um, when I was in Brazil, I used to be a lawyer. And that was my, my previous career. I went to the university to study law, but wine has always been my passion. And since I was very young, you know, my family is originally from the northeast of Italy, from Veneto. And my grandfathers, they were wine producers. And then after working as a as an attorney for three years, I decided to quit everything. I started to travel. And then I met my wife in Florence in 2007. She's from France. And uh, she's the reason why I came to France. Uh-huh. So how did you two meet? Um, we were both living in Florence for a while. She was spending some, uh, just one month for holiday. For me, it was the same situation. I was there just to know a little bit more about Tuscany. Uh, this time we were going to the same school, and, and then five years later, I ended up in France. So, I mean, how did you end up? Why did you end up in France? Was that because of your your um, personal life, your wife, or was it because you just wanted to go and live in France? Well, we were living. Uh, we were in São Paulo in 2000, what, 2013, 2012, when I was working for this wine importer. She she wanted to come back, and then we decided to come back to Europe, and then we came to Paris. Did you study wine at any stage? Did you do um, Master of Wine, WSET, Sommelier, that kind of thing? Yes, I I did the, the WSET diploma. I would like to go for the Master of Wine. Is still is for the moment is a project, and then I did the the Vinitali International Academy, where I became ambassador a bit more than one year ago, and I knew a few days ago that I passed the program for Italian wine educator. I mean that's a pretty amazing achievement that you've uh, that you've done that. How how did you prepare to get the ambassador qualification? 
The ambassador qualification, was, to be honest, is a pretty hard challenge because uh, people think that, you know, studying about Italian wines will be easy. And uh, when you are introduced to the amount of grapes, regions, you know, the DOCs and DOCGs uh, and grapes that you never heard before, you know, it, things just start to change and you, you realize that it's going to be hard. I prepared approximately seven months for the, for the exam. Studying every day was uh, was harder than than I than I thought, and and then fortunately I passed. Did you uh, did you think you were going to pass, or were you surprised that you did? To be honest, I was I had no idea. Uh, I was just you know studying and preparing for the exam, studying very hard, you know, preparing. But I had I, I thought it would be easier. My my score was not as high as I I was expecting, but you know, very challenging. Did you, whilst you were studying up in Verona and doing some of the courses there, did you, did you manage to track down any of your family members from, uh, um, because obviously you said your family was from quite near uh, Verona. Did you manage to do that or not? Well, well to, I think, you know, I, we don't have any relation for, with, the, you know, our relatives because my grandfathers, they immigrated to Brazil. They were, they were a child yet. So what was my grand-grandfathers, they went there as adults. I'm, I'm the third generation born in Brazil, and they were from very small places, not exactly Verona, but my, uh, like my mother's family, they were from the Bassa Verona. My father's family, they were, they were from the area of uh, Baseno del Grappa, and from pretty small village. So basically, most of the family went together to the new world, and uh, they never came back. We, we still have relatives living in this village, but we don't have any contact with them. But I have a lot of friends in Italy. I lived in Italy for six months. I go very often, twice in the year, twice, three times per year. Yeah, you, apparently you speak five languages. When, when you stayed in Italy, where were you actually staying? I stayed for a while in Baseno del Grappa. I lived in Verona too. I was living with some friends. I lived in Florence for a short time. I spent some time in, in Emilia-Romagna. And just a little bit from in the north in the northern part of Italy. So, what were your of the of the regions that you visited? What were your favorite wines? If you had to pick one wine from, you know, Florence, one wine from Verona, what would you choose? I'm a big fan of Chianti Classico. I think Chianti Classico is a great wine. The Piemonte is one of my favorite regions. It's quite, you know, Barolo is a great wine. I think if I if I would have to choose only one, I would go for Barolo for sure. But now I'm enjoying a lot of the wines from Sicily, from the Etna region. I think they are great, very good wines, very interesting. Tuscany has so many wines. And from, from Veneto, you know, Amarone is a like Valpolicella. I think Valpolicella Ripasso is a great value wine. Still, a lot of people don't know. You know, if you, if you talk about Valpolicella Ripasso in France, people never heard before. It's still, you know, a, a wine that people should know more. Yeah, I agree. So what other, apart from education, uh, what other roles have you had in the wine industry that you haven't told us about yet? I spent three years in the UK. So when I was studying for the WSCT, I worked in Italian restaurants, French restaurants in London. I spent two years in the southwest of England in, in, in UK, in Cornwall. I worked in hotels and restaurants too. This was the beginning of my career as a sommelier. And then I went back to Brazil and I had a good experience with a wine importer where I was head sommelier and ambassador for Italian brands, for French brands, Portuguese, Spanish brands, trying to develop this, uh, this market in Brazil. So I stayed 
for a little bit more than two years with this wine importer. And then I, when we, since I came to France, I start, uh, I start working with wine education and wine tourism. Is there a big difference in terms of wine and food culture in France and Italy? Both countries claim to be, and probably rightly, the sort of the kings or queens of food and wine pairing. Um, you've obviously lived in, in both areas. What are the main differences that you see either in terms of presentation or how wines are described to clients sitting down at the table in the restaurant? Uh, yeah, there's a, I think there's considerable differences between the two countries. The culture of wine is definitely present, you know, be it on France or Italy. And uh, the culture of food, like, as you're saying, uh, I think, you know, it's really the interest of the public to, to pair the right wine with the right food, the spending you know, time around around the table, speaking and and all to uh, about the food and the wine, trying to describe, trying trying to understand. It, it's it's very very similar in a way, but I think I think to be honest, not not offending anyone in Italy. I think in in France, people are very open mind at this moment. You know, really open to new to new wines and uh, to novelties. Uh, people want to know about other countries' production. Uh, it's it's pretty 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 nice now at the moment to say. In your in your current business, um, and you got a background in law, has that how has that helped you? I think that helped me to. Uh, but when when you study to become a lawyer, you have to memorize thousands of laws and read a lot of books. So I think you prepare your memory for the amount of information you have in the wine. You know, when you work, when when you study about wine, you have to 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 develop a huge memory. So I think I had this this helped me to retain the information, and and I think you really understand more about the the social aspect of the wine because when you study about law, you you have to to study a lot about the you know the social and the economic inf- influences of the you know of society and wine is a very social is a, is a product of civilization and uh, I think it, it was this was a big advantage it, it was an advantage to understand better the the wine history and development so um, the experience is that um, the business wine tours Paris um, offer a number of uh, things what if, if somebody goes on a trip with wine tours Paris to either I don't know let's say Burgundy or Champagne uh, what kind of experience is it? What do people get for their money? What people will 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 learn in this, uh, like in a day tour or more than one day tour, is that you will be introduced very deeply to the region you are visiting. For example, uh, if we are going to Burgundy, I will explain you the the difference in the classification. We will visit the wineries. We will visit two three producers in that day, and I will go very deep about the. The geology, the soil, the climate, the the best producers, the good value wines, the differences between one area and the other. I think France and Italy are very hard to to understand because it's a wine system based on geography, and uh, if you don't don't spend, if you don't live in these places, it can be very difficult. So when when you come in a wine tour, I think the doubts you have, you have time to ask and. Um, and understand really the different levels of quality of a wine and producers that probably are difficult to find. Talking about myself, when you, I, I'm not a big expert, for example, about American wines and uh, 
if I go there, probably I will discover about the smaller producers, something very, you know, producers very good that uh, I would like to be introduced. So uh, this is will, this will be the insight I try to give people, you know, introducing very good producers or trying to to make easier to select a good wine for for less money or for you know the the fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. And you can you speak five languages, so you can explain all of that. And do you have to do it in five languages sometimes? <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> mo- mo- most of the time, uh, but the tours are usually in English because most of the public are, you know, uh, English speakers. And, uh, before COVID, I used to have 80% of my public from the US, US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, from the UK. But it happens sometimes to have people from Italy. I do tours from people from Italy, from Spain, from Brazil. So um, I, I speak every every week. I speak at least four languages. I speak Portuguese, French, and Italian every day, and English. So four languages in every week. Spanish is the language I I don't don't use very much, but it's a bit rusted now. But I I can speak a quite fluent Spanish. <laughs> So how can people get hold of you? Are you what's your online social media presence like? Is, is it all, you know, if we book a tour with you, can we do that online or do we have to give you a call or how does it work? Yes, you can do online. So my uh, I have a website called winetoursparis.com and uh, this is also my Instagram. I'm on Instagram as Luis Batistello too. So people can can always find me there. Is it's quite easy if you if you type wine tours Paris, you should find me on, on Google very easy okay and when are you next back when are you next coming back to italy i'm going to italy in the next few weeks because i i i represent a champagne brand so i'm i'll be going in two weeks to visit some some clients in the north of italy and veneto and lombardy piemont and friuli and then i expect to go back for the Italy this year you know from france we we are not very distant so it's quite easy to go to italy do you think you'll ever move back to uh, Brazil? Maybe one day in the future when it's something that, you know, uh, you never forget your home country. I spent more than 10 years living abroad, more than 12 years living abroad. And uh, of course, you have your family and uh, your friends. Maybe one day, why not? I have projects in Brazil. I work with Brazilians. I do wine tastings. I uh, represent some wine brands. For the moment, you know, I'm, I'm very happy in France. I have a project for the next year in Champagne where I spend um, a lot of time. I know I live between Paris and Champagne. Next year, I I will open a wine school and uh, give wine courses, including courses about uh, Italian wine. So uh, it's very exciting at the moment. We are working very hard to, to make this project happen. Okay, final question. Uh, you have to choose two of your favorite dishes. Actually, let's do three. One French, one Italian, and one Brazilian. And you have to find three Italian wines, just one wine for each dish. And it can be fish, meat, anything you like. Okay. Uh, well, for Italian Italian dishes, it's very easy. I think my goal, uh, it will be for, for bacala, bacala la vicentina. I'm a big fan of uh, of cod, uh, and I will go for a suave for sure. A suave with a bacala will be a great pairing. Also, bigoli alla sardella. Bigoli is a type of pasta that I like to to make at home. I have a, a machine 
that my mother brought me from Brazil. You know, in Brazil, there's a lot of a big Italian influence. Probably people in Italy don't know this machine, but it's a very old manual machine that you make the pasta yourself. So you make bigoli at home. Bigoli, that for those that doesn't know the type of, you know, traditional pasta in Veneto. For a French dish, I think I will go for a bœuf bourguignon. That's a very nice, you know, a stewed meat. And I will pair with... Um, why not a Lange Nebbiolo with a, a Barbaresco? I think would be a great pairing. And uh, for a Brazilian dish, I would definitely go for, you know, the national dish, which is a barbecue or churrasco, uh, you know, big piece of steak and a pair with a Brunello di Montalcino or with a Chianti. I think would be a very nice pairing. Perfect. Okay. We're all feeling a bit hungrier than we were a couple of minutes ago. You're quite a carnivore then. I know you've got the the cod in there, but the two pretty hefty meat dishes in there. Are you, uh, you a big lad? Are you very slim? I, I think I'm normal. I'm pretty slim, but uh, I can eat a lot. <laughs> well, you're very lucky then. Um, Luis, Luis Andre Battistello, I just want to say thanks to you for coming on the Italian podcast this afternoon. Yeah, thank you, Monty. Telling us about your um, studies and your educational role and also um, your travels around the world really, not just France, because you've traveled a lot. And um, we wish you and your family, wherever you end up, whether you end up in France or in Brazil, every success. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be with you. Yeah, thanks for coming on. You're a great lad. Thanks. Thank you. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.